right, welcome back to another episode of the Busted Header Podcast. I'm Chris, a.k.a. Not the Fake Webby. I am joined, as always, by Jake, a.k.a. Halbridius. It's nice to have a podcast where we just do our three things. No big yep, news, nice. no craziness, <laughs> just regular, good old-fashioned losing at basketball games. Short, simple, and sweet. Yeah. A couple losses since we talked last. A uh, little bit of injury news. DeLon Wright's going to be out, looked like, what, two weeks? Yeah, the, his reevaluation is in two weeks. I wouldn't expect him back on the court for probably closer to three, four. Well, it's probably going to be after the All Star break. Is not until he's probably going to come back. I think two weeks. It's two weeks until the All Star break. Yeah. Um, so he's probably going to be back until after that. So, um, anything else you got before we start? News wise, I don't think so. Um, maybe there's an interesting wrinkle here where uh, we're recording right before. Um, Tuesday's game against the Magic and Wayne Ellington is sitting. It's kind of a weird one. He hasn't really had that many minutes on him, but mm-hmm. you know, last time they sat someone, it was Blake and he or uh, it was Rose and he ended up getting traded. I don't know. I don't. I don't really think this is one of those sneaky ones. But if I've he sits again tomorrow, busy. then it might be interesting. Something. Yeah, to keep I've been kind of busy, for. so I didn't see that. But maybe it could be just be because. Two games, two nights, we're given on the first night off yeah, so can play in the second one. And he hasn't been playing yeah. super well. He's He's been struggling coming back from his, he had like a calf or a thigh tweak or something mm-hmm. like that. So, I don't know. Something an to keep an injury. eye on. <laughs> yep. Um, so, three things stuff. Guess which, which thing we're going to start with. Because it's basically the biggest thing. We got to see Saban you Lee play me. basketball. Yes, we did. We for got like to see an extensive period of time. And it was positive. Um, and mm-hmm. frankly, it was a lot better than anything we've seen out of Dennis Smith Jr. so far. Sadly, um, yes. <laughs> and it's kind of interesting um, because they're, they, they're very similar players, right? Neither one of them mm-hmm. is that great a shooter, and therefore it's... Uh, and both are obviously pretty good athletes. And I think Saban's probably even more athletic than Dennis is. Maybe, uh, I don't know. The, I, I think the interesting contrast is just... <laughs> I don't <think> that far. <laughs> well... The contrast is in they're they're very similar. Not what they're doing, but what they don't do. Because Saban does not hesitate whatsoever. He is going (laughs) at speed as often as possible. He'll pull uh, like stop and go moves, and like he'll do some some stuff. But for the most part, he's just trying to get to the rim and bang it on you. He's really aggressive looking for passes he's really aggressive defensively just trying things he's not that great a defender yet but he's trying a lot of stuff and Dennis Smith Jr you know maybe he's that fast maybe he's got those uh that that jumping ability still he just doesn't use it you know he's not Mm -hmm. trying to pressure you the same way he's not taking every chance to to just dribble past you um so we're seeing kind of an interesting contrast there where Dennis is, is definitely kind of plodding along a little bit and it's not helping him. And Saban mm-hmm. came out like a freaking, you know, cannonball and looked pretty awesome <laughs> to start uh, the last Magic game. So what did you yep. see? Exactly. Well, we've only had one game with Saban, so I mean, we'll hopefully get more of a run on him in a couple of uh, games coming up here. But so far it looks promising from the one game he's played, you know, extensively in. So... Hopefully we get more of a chance to evaluate him as we go on. Um, so I'm going to kind of steal the reins here, and I'm going to take two of my things, right, one after the other. <laughs> so the first okay. one is going to be that <laughs> that uh, Sadiq Bey has continued to look like the real deal, not as 
He's not as on fire as he was against the Celtics, but he still looked pretty damn proficient from three. He still looked good and comfortable in the offense, and he's still been, I would say, a positive defensive player as well. So, um, so far I'd say he's living up to expectations, especially in the increased minutes that he's gotten um, over the past week with Blake out. Would you disagree with any of that? No, he's, he's looked all right. I mean, there's been a little bit of, you know, coming down to earth, but... He, I mean, I, he was I, <laughs> he was pretty far up there, so yeah. Right, I that mean, was expected at least. He got a lot of national attention for for what he did, and rightfully so. And he he is showing pretty consistently that he's able to do the little things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even when he's not shooting well, he's he's getting involved defensively. He's finding some deflections here and there. You know, he hasn't been awesome on defense, but he's been. Like palatable, like I mean, he hasn't been as, like as watching. I always say, with any young defense. player, you can't. Whenever you see a young player playing defense, you can't expect the world out of them. But I think he's been, he's been at least relatively comfortable, and he hasn't looked lost on defense. I think no. is the main thing. No, but not by any so means. That's, that's all I look for in a rookie. I do love. He made it into Zach Lowe's ten things piece, and Zach Lowe mm-hmm. made this comment about like. You know, the Pistons aren't shy about posting him up on smaller players. And I was like, no, no, no. Sadiq isn't shy about posting up literally anybody. <laughs> S- <Yeah. laughs> Sadiq Bey is willing to post up people who are like 30 pounds heavier than him. He does not care. Not sure it's a good yeah. idea, but he does not care. Um, all right, so what was your second one? That's for sure. So my second thing, it's just kind of like uh, the other end of the pendulum, is that Jeremy Grant, with the exception of the Chicago game, has also... Uh, continued to struggle I feel like especially offensively it looks like he's just not been as comfortable looks like he hasn't been able to get to the spots that he want to get wants to get to and I'm starting to wonder he's had kind of a, a, stru- a troubling stretch since Blake's been out and I pulled up some of the numbers on it and it kind of seems like he's struggling because with Blake being out he's been kind of moved to the nominal like power forward spot and he's having to play against a lot bigger defenders um and he's not done quite well on that. I don't he's shot think it's the eight big pers- defenders that's the issue, but keep, keep going. I'll, I'll come back to it. So in the games that he, he's had eight games where he's been like the small forward next to Blake, and he's had seven games where he started as the power forward um, next to Mason Plumley. He shot 8% uh, worse from the field and scored five points less a game. But that also includes that Chicago game where he was guarded up against not by Patrick Williams, who's kind of an undersized four in his own right, and a bit of Thad Young as well, who is also <laughs> undersized. If you take out that game, which I feel like is a bit of an outlier, um, he's shooting 11% worse from the field and scoring five less points a game. And I, my theory with that is that I don't feel like Jeremy's like a super quick player. He's not, like, not going to beat you with the speed off the dribble. And I think that's something where for... When he's playing against uh, small forwards, he can kind of use his size and kind of beat them down through the post, whereas he can't do that when he's um, playing against these like bigger fours like he does against you know, Indiana or some of these other teams we've played in this stretch. So um, I think long-term, that does kind of worry me about where, like, what is this forward rotation going to look like between, uh, likely at this rate, like Sek- or Sadiq is really looking good. We want Seku to be in the- involved in that somehow. And then, of course, Jeremy Grant right now looks like the cornerstone of the team. I'm just curious to see how they're going to work that out long term. Because I feel like I'm not sure if Sadiq and Jeremy Grant play to their best abilities next to each other. I'm not sure how that pairing will work long term. So I disagree about the size thing. You know, 
it's it's less that he's playing at the four and more that like there's no longer any pretense about Blake Griffin. You know, you can just double team Jeremy. Um, you know, there's rotations are coming to him a lot faster without Blake hanging around. True. And also like the offensive execution has just plummeted since Blake went out. Like mm-hmm. um part of so that do you also think it's is... more of a Blake problem then? Because the game the games that I put in here in that sample size include games earlier in the year when either Blake or Plumlee was sitting out, where Grant played a lot of the four. So it's not just like the recent games. It's yeah, been I, kind think, of the I think it's season. more that. I think it's more like if you're playing without Blake, you know, like Blake's dribble handoff game is really important. Like he executes it at one of the highest levels in basketball. Um, hmm. People, uh, I, um, names here, uh, Nick Henkel, um, Okay. Who our boy um, is doing a podcast with James Edwards, the Bon and Cardigan mm-hmm. show. Listen to it. Um, I think it was Nick who was tell- talking about Luke Kennard, or maybe it was James who was talking about Luke Kennard. That Nick is is kind of friends with Luke, um, but they were talking with Luke about uh, dribble handoffs and like, do you ever know when the dribble handoffs coming? And Luke was like, nobody knows. Blake's so good at faking <laughs> that. Like, do you know when the when the when he's gonna like pull it out and do that weird little like three point shot? Nobody knows. And like Blake, for all his faults this year, just executes the little things like that at such a high level. And Mason Plumley also executes that at a high level. One of my little notes here is that the team efficiency, um, like just overall half court efficiency, or I don't I don't think it's half court, but overall team efficiency improves by 4% effective field goal percentage when Mason Plumlee's on the floor, which is the t- highest on the mm. team. Like, just having people who can execute dribble handoffs, etc., at a high level is a big deal. And I think Jeremy's just, like, he's missing that level of execution now. You know, Derek Rose is also gone. That's somebody else who is just kind of taking these touches, taking this gravity. Um, you know, Dellen Wright is really efficient and really secure in how he plays, but he's also mm-hmm. not a guy who's really unlocking Jeremy Grant. You know, he's just kind of holding down the fort. So I think it's more been about the fact that, like, he's now a guy who is, you know, there's nobody else on this team who's, like, the tide raising all boats kind of player. They're, yeah. they're just not there. Like, maybe if we had Killian Hayes healthy and Killian was, like, finding a little bit of a groove and doing step backs and you know, you had somebody like that you could play off of. Maybe that does something, you know, Josh Jackson has been really good and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of fun thing here. I was diving into cleaning the glass right when we got started. Josh Jackson has almost identical usage to Jeremy Grant, almost an identical assist percent and (laughs) double the turnover percentage. And it's like your bet, your second best player right now is probably him. And Mm -hmm. again, he's not a guy who's like really raising the, the, level of everyone around him he's just josh is getting his and that's i'm not trying to say he's like being an empty stats player or whatever like you you need people who can just go get stuff but you also need you know that point guard you need the the that whole team aspect and we don't have it right now and i think i think more than any struggle for jeremy with a matchup oriented stuff it's just that lack of talent around him um yeah no i definitely agree with that point that the talent around him is not much and he's being relied on a lot and he's not that player yet. Like <laughs> he's not James Harden who could take on just no. a bunch of 
a bunch of, with a bunch of scrubs just take on any team. He's not he's not there, nor should we expect him to be there. No. Uh, but I'm just raising the question: of Where do we? What do we see as the long term future at that forward spot? Because we got a lot of different talented people. I think what he's think a forward long term. I, yeah. I do. I, mean, I, I agree too. I I think he. I think he can weaponize that long stride of his a lot better against bigger players. I think one of the things we've seen, um, I know like I think Laz has brought this up quite a few times, is like the games where he gets his first couple threes to fall just are so much better for him. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if like they're catch and shoot threes and and he's not trying to pull up like once he's able to play, you know, within himself and isn't trying to like force things it looks better. Um, you know, once he starts being able to catch guys in rotation, it just looks better. And I think what we're seeing here is that Jeremy Grant is a really, really good second banana guy who just isn't a first option player long term. And I don't think that's unfair to him to say that. I also don't think that's a bad thing. Like you people Yeah, you know, you 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 spend dozens of drafts trying to find a guy who's doing what Jeremy does for you. It's just you also need a James Harden or a, you know someone else, you know a healthy Blake Griffin to to help take that load. Um, yeah, I think his ceiling is definitely like a high, high uh, second banana. Like he's got the ceiling there if he keeps playing like he did at the beginning of the year. But I mean, I think long term, I could definitely see him playing the four just because of the way the league is going, where it's going a lot smaller and it continually goes smaller. So that's the thing where it's like I don't want to quite posi- like put him out of that position entirely, but. I just feel like he he seems to do better when he is in that isolation against um, kind of a smaller guy that he can just like power down <laughs> the same way Blake I mean, he used doesn't, to do. He doesn't really back guys down ever. I mean, he's he's he had back pretty no, decent su- good good success uh, driving on on bigs when he can pull them out of the paint. He's had pretty good success shooting over smaller players. He's not really powering through many people. Period. Um, I think a big issue for him has been like coming up against guys at the rim and he, I, I don't understand how he's not drawing fouls. He's, uh, mm-hmm. it's just baffling to me how you see a guy who's got that many limbs flying all over the place. And you're like, no, 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 he definitely didn't get hit. No, no, no. Def, definitely yeah. the dude on the ground who, who's like arm just bent at a funny angle. Didn't get hit, but uh, yeah. Stuff like that's just going to come with time. So he'll, he'll learn how to work the refs a bit better. So I don't think he's been used to being in that role before. Um, so I used up a couple of my things there with, with some of those uh, stats about Plumley and Josh. My last mm-hmm. uh, kind of three things observation here. I think we're starting to see Isaiah Stewart get pressured a little bit more. Um, yeah. And kind of be figured out a little bit more. He's He's been blown by on defense a few times he's getting put into more rotations um you know i I think he's still playing much better than i ever expected him to play but it's interesting to see here now that i think people have some tape on him and some expectations of him and now i think we're really going to see what happens when people try and 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 challenge him you know more more personally than they ever were before yeah and i think he's definitely getting a lot more maybe not opportunity in terms of minutes but when he's in there, it seems like he's in at important times. So I think they're definitely try, trying to exploit against him being, of course, a young guy, a big guy, which is always kind of a harder position to pick up defensively. So I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, we're, we're going to see a lot 
about him in a good way or a bad way again and going forward at the defensive end. So. All right. Um, you want to go to the things my, you've seen, or do you have one more? I have one more things that I saw. This is kind of one of my fun ones. Thanks I felt like I went with a really, <laughs> really kind of deep and harsh first one. So the, <laughs> the fun uh, last thing I saw was the amazing uh, Memphis Vancouver Grizzlies court. I yes. Just, I love when you get nice throwbacks like that, and that's a great kind of a, a culture throwback to a different time when the Grizzlies were in Vancouver. But it's cool to see them, you know, take that opportunity, kind of get have a little fun with it. So I really like that court. I wish they would have brought back the jerseys for it because the jerseys, while they looked nice, were not, you know, the throwback <laughs> Grizzly, the Vancouver Grizzly jerseys that looked so nice. But it was at least cool to see the court there and see that old logo. Yeah. How, have you come around on – I think we discussed this earlier. You've you've come around a little yeah. bit on the new uh, Piston City kits, right? They look a little bit better in person. I'm still not sold on the front that really irked me to begin with, but the rest of the jersey is solid. So Every time I, I see I us wearing them, I'm like, oh, look, it's so nice to have color. It's so nice to be a yeah, team no, that the has color. The color is really nice. <laughs> That's like that muted. We get the white with the red and the blue just on the sides. It's not, it's not laid back like that. But yeah, there's things I'd like to nitpick on it. But seeing them in or seeing them on we, TV, we makes can them all agree that those fucking grays can go to hell. They're the worst yeah. kits <laughs> in the in the in the whole league. I can't think of of a uniform I hate more than those stupid grays. That that gray oh, color can... itself is so bad. I can think of a couple worse ones, but that was when the designers went really out there for some of the, like, uh, what is it, the city jerseys? There's a couple of them that are just, <laughs> like, who approved that? I mean, there are some that I don't like, but there are none that make me feel as sad, like, in my That's core. True, yeah. Like, there, there are some where I'm like, that was a terrible design decision, but but these grays are with depressing. The, with the exception of the Spurs, like, no other NBA team should be dressed in gray, I feel like. It's bad. It's very bad. Like... That's the Spurs thing. Let it, let them have it. I don't know. The Spurs jerseys also like sometimes the Spurs are like, let's wear camo, and it's like, please God, no. I don't know why they those jerseys never those made stupid sense to me. military jerseys. They were awful. Yeah, I've always been confused. About them. All right, you got some things you want right. to see. Sure thing. So the first one uh, I'm going to start with um, has got to be, like I said at the top, uh, DeLon Wright's going to be out for a couple weeks. So what I really want to see is, you know, Saban Lee, Dennis Smith Jr., like you guys are going to get, this is your chance to show that you should be on an NBA roster. Make the most of it. Uh, Saban Lee so far looked pretty good. Dennis Smith is kind of, he's had, I would say, some flashes. Like every once in a while I'm like, okay, well that's why he was the first round pick. Like you kind of see it here and there, but he hasn't been able to put it all the way together. So between the two of them, if like if I'm you know Dwayne Casey, I'm telling them, hey, look, <laughs> there's no other options right now. It's you guys, go out there, show out. This is your time to show us why you know you should be on an NBA roster. So, and obviously Saban, he's young, he's gonna have a little bit more chances. But uh, for someone like you know Dennis Smith Jr., like you've been around to a couple teams and people have seen a lot of your weaknesses. So now's your chance to kind of prove that you know, why you were picking the first round and why you have all this talent. It's time to start showing some of that. So yeah, that's my, what I'm one of my things was I want to see Dennis Smith Jr. get like a, a dunk. Like a big like <laughs> d- like I want I want to see him have that moment where I was like, oh yeah, here's here's like the Dennis Smith Jr. that people drafted. Like I don't care if you make a three. Like I know you can make a three. I also know you shoot like shit from three and always have 
You know, I don't care if you make some generic passes like, what was the thing that made Dennis G Smith Jr. special? Oh, right. He was like a dunk contest level dunker. I want to see you mm -hmm. get, like, come off an Isaiah Stewart screen and, like, just punch a couple. And he's not really, like, mm -hmm. a dunk over people kind of guy. You know, he's mostly been a, a, you know, get two feet in the lane and, and, and go up. But, like, just get me some of these highlight plays and start playing with a little more pace and a little more urgency because I think he's slowing it down and being a little deferential and trying to probe and like no no, no. you need you need to go fast so you need to look at what Saban's doing and just like Saban's racing people to the rim and if somebody's there he's just like can just keeps running and like it's not <laughs> yeah. really a real offense when Saban's in it's just the kid is playing and you just kind of play off the kid and you need to start adding a little bit more of that energy to your game because. These first few games of Dennis Smith Jr., I mean, trying to give him time because obviously it's a new team and all that, but, like, just a lot of really slow, depressing basketball from him. Yeah. Um, it, it's been – there's been some brutal spots. Like, there was one game where he, like, went 0 for 7, I think, and just couldn't find an, anything to go down. There there have been, definitely been some rough spots there. <laughs> but yeah. I've seen a, every once in a while I'll see a little thing where it's like he, like – jumps in front of a pass and i'm like oh okay well that was nice let's see more of that but not too much of that i don't want to go crazy but <laughs> at least a little bit more like kind of see why see where the athleticism is and kind of show why he was that first round pick that's kind of what i'm looking for yeah so for me my second in, in a similar vein of people who haven't been hitting i'd like to have seiku have like a three for five yep. from three game that would be a nice one like uh, the the at rim finishing thing is, uh, he's too talented and his touch is too good for that to keep up. As far as I'm concerned, I I think he's a much better finisher than that. But he's just forcing a lot of things in a lot of weird windows. And I saw that early mm -hmm. last year in the G League, and he he grew out of it. And I just think he's not in rhythm right now at all with this Pistons team. But these missed like kick out threes where it's just like you're wide open and he's just not getting them to fall you can start to see him get a little slumpy shouldered and like clearly it's bugging him that he's not able to hit these because he knows he's got to earn time now that he's getting mm -hmm. you know he's he's got to earn the right to keep this time now that he's getting it and yeah i'd like to i'd like to see him have you know a a, a game or two where he's just where it all clicks because obviously like you can't expect it to be every game i've said this a lot on twitter but like seiku is thousands of minutes behind people his age as far as basketball is gonna go like yep your average Especially AAU everything guy that's happened in the world has recently. played yeah. so much basketball and seiku got started when he was like 14 like he's just so far behind in terms of minutes played with the basketball it's going to take him time and so he needs to stay on the court and he needs to stay on the court and see these flashes and see these successes not just to prove to the coaches that like he should stay on the court but also to like prove to himself that he's still you know worth those minutes for himself like it's, it's important for his confidence to see shots go down and to see you know guys looking for him in transition and making those dunks etc 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 so yeah i'd like to i'd like to see one of those games where he gets just a, a nice couple buckets to drop and and has a nice comfortable one and it feels like that's yeah. a, a want to see from me every week but it's a want to see from me every week 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that we're going to keep wanting to see. That's something that I don't think is ever going to go away just because of, like, the talent that we see in him and, you know, the opportunity that, you know, kind of presents itself while being on a kind of a an improving team, to, to say the least, a rebuilding team, an up-and-coming team. So I think that's definitely something we're going to want to see the entire year is let's see what – let's see Seku kind of get in a rhythm. Let's see him get the ball a little bit more, feel a little comfortable on the floor. I don't think that's something that's going to go away until he proves that, so – I look forward to that day, and it, I mean, with Blake sitting, and like you said, Wayne Allington's going to sit out tonight. It seems like he's going to—he should be getting minutes. He should be getting some rotation. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think he play, drops so. below like 15 minutes a game for the rest of the year. I hope so, because I mean, this is going to be a pretty important year uh, for him. I feel like I feel like this is the year where Seku either starts putting some building blocks to kind of build his career around, or. You know, he could just add weights and just get kind of carried down by his, his struggles. So I want to see him get some playing time, especially, and get into a rhythm and kind of see what we got in him. So it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> Definitely something to keep your eye on. All right, you got a second one? Yep. So you did steal. I had another one on Seku, but <laughs> we can skip that. So the last one I have is that I want the guys to take a little bit more pride in some interior defense. Um, I felt like opposing players, especially, I mean, we saw it the other night with Vucevic, later or or, excuse me earlier this week um with zach levine like they were really exploiting the pistons down low and some of it was off the dribble in the case of levine where there was not a whole lot of help defense and people just kind of looking around kind of pointing at each other like well i thought you guys were gonna i thought you were gonna get him i thought you were gonna get him um and then also against the magic where (laughs) vucevic just tore plumly a new one but like every time that stewart was at least like making it a bit harder for uh, Vooch, but I felt like when Plumlee was matched up against him, Vooch was getting anything he wanted. So um, I'm just looking for them to take maybe a little bit more pride in kind of their interior defense and kind of uh, make it a little bit <laughs> tougher for teams to exploit because that's been uh, just brutal to watch. Just teams just like a... It's I like mean, a if you're going to come at Mason Plumlee this hard, you might as well just add him. Like, <laughs> it's I mean... You know, st- you know it's not it's Isaiah that, uh, who's who's... Uh, slacking, you know, obviously he's going to have faults, but they're not going to be a lack of effort. Mason Plumley very mm-hmm. clearly is like, oh, uh, we're still in this game in the fourth quarter. I'll start trying now. And, like, is a completely different player than he is in the first. It's not yeah. subtle. Yeah. <laughs> it really, some of the beginning, Vush started out that game just just every single time down the floor, just getting yeah. a turnaround, getting it up and under. It was. Yeah. There, there's, like, Mason Plumley does this <sighs> thing where, like, they'll be playing the drop defense. And he'll be like a foot too far back and drop so that the other guy shoots a mid-range. Like he gives up the mid-range shot to the guard very clearly. Mm-hmm. And not not like the way you're supposed to in the drop where it's like a semi-contested. No, he just is like, you know what, I don't want to contest the rim, so just like have that. Yeah. <laughs> and and like it's one of those things where if you're not a coach or you're not like sure of what you're looking at schematically, you probably think he's like doing something right. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. as long as he's got that plausible deniability, he's fine. You know, there's, there's times where it's like, oh, you came up to, like, the level of the screen to, like, kind of trap the pick and roll. But you know what? You weren't really that tight, and you got split, and mm-hmm. now there's a dunk. And it's like, yeah, well, I was up where I was supposed to be. And it's like, yeah, except you very clearly did not care. You know, you knew that if you if you did it correctly, you'd have to, like, shuffle your feet and run with the guy, and you, you didn't want to. And it's, it's mm-hmm. not subtle. Yeah, so I think Plumlee on the offensive end has been very good, and I have nothing bad to say about him on there, but defensively it's just it's hard to watch at times, um, especially him and, and some others as well. Um, kind of 
helping out in that paint. There's not been a whole lot of it, so that's been my, I guess, biggest gripe trying to watch the Pistons is, boy, is there not, it's just an open lane sometimes, I feel like. Yeah, so my last thing that I had on my list of want to see is I want to see, um, like, Seku a little more involved in dribble handoffs um, as, as the handoff guy, obviously, and just generally, I want to see them try and refocus the execution. We've talked about this with Jeremy Grant earlier um, and the loss of Blake hurting execution. I just don't think that they are running things with as much focus right now. And I think it's mm-hmm. kind of hurting everyone in bits and pieces. You know, there are stretches where it's like, okay, guys are making shots. Uh, you know, the shooter's gravity starts to kick in and, and spaces open up. But man, once they get cold, it's frigid out there. And they just don't have anything to get it started again unless it's like someone like a Saban Lee just like sprinting in transition and, and the defense getting a kick started. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's, it's, you know, things like uh, when Svee is out there playing him with Mason Plumley, so you have a good handoff guy. He's played some minutes with Isaiah Stewart, and I don't love that fit offensively. Um, yeah. You know, dribble handoffs with Seku. I asked uh, the the beat writers to ask Dwayne Casey about Seku screening because he just never ever makes contact on a screen. But like, <laughs> can we teach him how to execute dribble handoffs like Blake Griffin? Like, that would be a huge asset. We saw when he played center a couple weeks ago that like it opens up a lot of easy stuff for Seku. Can we can we add in wrinkles to get him there? I just I, I'm waiting I to see. That. I think Dwayne Casey's done a good job so far, but now that the the obvious pieces are starting to fall apart, we need to find a new way to to execute something when the going gets tough because it's been pretty much a, a catastrophe every time the offense mm-hmm. breaks down. Yep, and I feel like that's definitely been to the detriment of someone like Jeremy Grant yep. or Josh Jackson who's has the ball in their hands a lot, and they're just kind of asked to do too much at the end of the shot clock. So, yeah, I think some... <laughs> upgrades on offense would definitely be appreciated in terms of the offensive system. So I guess we'll see. Looks like it's about time for tip off against the magic tonight. Game two against them in a row. Any predictions before we, before it uh, tips? No, I think you think it's going to happen. <laughs> no, not even taking a stab <laughs> I, I, at it. I don't, I don't make predictions. I especially don't make predictions about really bad teams. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to try the, the Joe wink. If, well, I don't know. Wink if Jeremy Grant hits two threes to start the game. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Every time I read one of Joe's things, I'm not entirely sure what that that bit is supposed to be. Uh, what do you mean? Like, there's been some things where he's like, um, "Run for the hills if makes sense," but there's also like some wink if blank happens, and then I'm like, "Wait, I don't." Is it good that this happens? Is it bad? I'm not sure if that means I call I mean, it. It depends on the team. <laughs> so, sometimes it's like, okay, you're fitting observations into the, I don't know. Um, love you, Joe. Uh, yep. Yeah, there's, there's just uh, sometimes he puts things in there and I'm like, I get it, but I don't I don't actually get where we're going here. Whatever. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, it's time for some basketball. We'll see people yep. next week. Yep, sounds good. We'll see you then. Peace Bye-bye. out.
Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.